This podcast is brought to you by Overtake Motorsport. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of WTHK, a podcast brought to you by Overtake Motorsport. My name is Pedro Rantes, and I'm once again, as always, joined by the both halves of the Han brothers. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you, Pedro? I'm doing all right after getting almost wiped out by my uh, booster shot. I am oh, well yes. and only have slight arm pain. Hmm. Uh, it's good in the long term. Yeah. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, not doing too badly at all. It's been a, an interesting week so far, and um, there's been a few interesting developments I'm looking forward to discussing with you both. So, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a good one. I feel it's it's quite the day to be a fun fan, right? Mm, absolutely, and it's quite the day to have actual track action. That's a way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should make jokes. I'm not. Uh, I'm being slightly facetious, but it's. Massey, do we do we yeah. want to start with the do we want to start with the most breaking drama? That's kind of we we had hints of it last week, and it's kind of erupted for want of a better phrase today. Should we discuss that first? I guess we could. Go ahead. Well, um, for this is obviously being recorded on a Friday, the 25th of March. Um, so we've just had the first two uh, Formula One practice sessions, the Formula One, uh, Formula Two qualifying session and practice session also. And currently there are still drivers in a briefing at midnight their time because of some recent explosions that happened at the track. This isn't a new thing uh, at the track, so like 10 kilometers away at the Aramco uh, fueling uh, facility. This isn't exactly a new development because a similar attack happened about a week or so ago. And it's now starting to call into question whether or not a race, first of all, a race in Saudi Arabia should be happening, which seems, seems like a pretty obvious question in the first place. Um, but actually the possibility of the race actually happening this weekend. And it's looking quite dramatic out there, fellas. What have you, what have you made of it so far? There should be no race. Hmm. If there's any decency left in this modern F1 brought to us by a company that has no clue what to do with the sport, there should be no race. Well, the, the thing is, I feel like the, 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 the comment, no idea what to do with the sport, is makes sense in some ways. I mean, they know what to do with the sport as an entertainment facility, and they've done that quite well, uh, Liberty Media, I assume we're talking about. But you make a good point when it comes to no idea how to stand on certain political or even safety elements. I feel is where we're starting to see a few major gaps happening. That's that's kind of where I'm sitting. This seems like actually you referenced it to one of the biggest ever events in Formula One political history on one of your tweets earlier. Do you want to go into that a little bit more? Uh, yes, on the Brothers Hunt Twitter account, I said it was reminiscent of the 1982 South African Grand Prix. This is, uh, I, I am in no way comparing the two situations in terms of the magnitude of them. However, I'm comparing as into what's going on with what the drivers are doing. So you've got 1982 FISA, which is at the time was part of the FIA, but was the bit in charge of F1. And that was when Balest was in charge, was mandating a new type of um, contract. And it was much like ice hockey. And I think it was Gilles Villeneuve who wasn't a fan of it and basically started a protest. And I think they all end up in a hotel on either Friday or Saturday night having a protest. And I seemed, and I think Elio Dianagis was playing piano. 
or something like that. It's surreal <laughs> stuff. Whilst it won't be happening like today, the same kind of thing's happening. Because if we're it's past midnight in Jeddah now, and that's whoa, that's at least four hours ago. No, three or four hours ago since the last practice about this time. Coming up uh, to yeah. the yeah. GMT. And it's if you're still in a meeting, probably talking about it and the safety of the yourselves, that's that's very reminiscent because now, now the drivers are getting going all with the um oh we've got some power here and mm. some of us aren't happy with doing this. So we need to discuss this and actually work out what we want to do. And I think it's put the willies up both Ross Braun and Stefano Domenicali because all the team bosses have you confirmed that they're happy to do it. There's a unanimous decision they have to carry on with the weekend. And they've <laughs> didn't include the drivers by the sounds of it. And it doesn't, from what I understand, doesn't include the crew. However, I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not there. So it's, this isn't the first time something like this has happened in terms of drivers what could be about to make a massive stand. But it's, I'm looking forward to seeing how this pans out. Yeah, I've just seen a... I want to see what the, how far the drivers are willing to go at this point. Because they can, in theory, hold F1 to ransom on the basis that there aren't another 20 drivers around who have got a super licence. So if all the drivers say, bye-bye, then I think they're... Well, there won't be a race on that basis. But you can just send one race, right? What's that again, Pedro? You can't make team team bosses, you know. Right. <laughs> right. And it's and it's Otmar for the lead. <laughs> Horn is already broken down. Um, um Bonotto on pole. <laughs> I've just seen a I've just seen a tweet uh, tweet retweet, retweeted by Andrew Benson. Uh, Albert uh, Fabrega for Brega at Albert Fabrega. Um apparently the drivers joined the meeting an hour and twenty minutes ago and it's still there as of nine minutes ago. With picture evidence of Lewis Hamilton, Alex Albon, Lance Stroll, Yuki Tsunoda, all there, all mostly in togged up racing gear as well. Um, so this is very much a, a story that is still ongoing. Um, I'm intrigued to see, as you say, Alex, if not to like, not to say that F1 drivers are going to use this for the wrong reason. I feel like they, if they hit realize they have no, power, yes. they'll use it for the absolutely the right reason. Yes. I think one thing that's intriguing uh, for this weekend in particular is that Sebastian Vessel isn't there. Uh, knowing how Sebastian is with sort of political issues in a way anyway, I feel like he would have been quite a strong voice in this particular circumstance. Mm. Not to say he's not making his voice heard on the one-to-one levels and drivers. I'm sure he's definitely involved in quite a few phone calls at the moment. But it's interesting how that that personality is missing and such a big personality too. Well, the thing is, it's, you won't. yes, you lose Vettel, but it's not like there's a void that won't be filled because you've got uh, Hamilton and Russell are there. I would expect, um, given what Helmut Marco was suggesting earlier, the fool, oh, um, God. That, yeah. Yeah, that Perez is probably making his voice quite loud. Um, just for the benefit, just not... for the benefit of the listeners, should we, yeah, can, oh, yeah. you paraf- can you paraphrase what Marco said? My understanding is, because I haven't actually seen it transcribed, but I understand it was, it was a German interview. He was talking with German TV, or was it Austrian TV? One of them. And the suggest it has been translated as Max isn't scared of what's going on, but Perez is because he it's something like he, he it's like this in Mexico City 
or something like that. That's what it's been translated at, and that's what I've seen. However, I'm not entirely sure. I cannot confirm that's what he said. I'll put it that way, but that is what's reported he's been saying. So if there's anyone who speaks German or Austrian out there, watch the interview, see what he says. Because if that is true, that is shocking, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did. So, yeah, we've got... There's a few big voices there, even without Vettel, and if... Hamilton doesn't have Vettel on speakerphone or on Zoom right now, I'd be very surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come up with an argument, not even an argument, a comment, uh, you know, as, as a proper journalist, you know, the thing I've been trained how to do. I, I would suggest just let him hang on his own noose. And it's, it's the sort of thing as well, it's... it's... He's fast. He's fast becoming a parody of himself. I mean, who in their right mind mm. says something like that reportedly? But the fact we believe it, I mean, that's that's testament enough that's, to itself. The fact that's we say just that, as okay, damning. Yeah, that's oh yeah, oh, that's that that's that wacky helmet. Um, yeah, the fact we believe that and are discussing it without actually any major consideration, it's not true. I feel is pretty significant. I'm, I'm he said, he's, he's definitely said something controversial because it is blowing up on the social medias mm -hmm. so whether he's actually said those the exact words that i've been quoted as saying i don't know but that is what i've seen and suggested my german isn't very good so i couldn't tell you i'll, I'll say this one thing i guess this is the one thing i can muster out of the instant anger I, I i felt um last time i was in mexico city i was not hit by a missile <laughs> I was going to be honest, of all the places in the world, I wouldn't have thought Mexico City is that dangerous. It's probably just like any big city. Yeah, pretty much. You can get mugged as much as you can in Mexico City as you can be in London, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you go to the wrong bits of London, you're getting mugged instantly. Mm -hmm. mm. But yes, it's... um. Oh, from a political standpoint, this is epically interesting. That's, because I, it, this this is going to set tones for at least the next 10 years. Because if you've got Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz, Russell, Norris, all know. making their points clear now, and they're on the grid for the next 10 years, we think, then th this will define how political issues are dealt with by both the drivers, the teams, and that, and the FI and F1. And it will be very interesting to see what happens and how. Because I, we'll, I think we'll get a race. I, I think there will be a race. Whether there should be is up for debate, but we'll get a race. It's a question of what the driver's red line is. What is going, what is too far, what is too close to the track, and that sort of thing. Did you see an issue like something similar to um, USA 2006, where some teams and drivers just pull out altogether? Five. Five, shit. Just testing. Yeah. I would love to. That one's, that one's slightly different, but it's. Because you know, that the problem is at that point you had two factions and it was Bridgestone Michelin. And you at the time had an FI president who wasn't popular, effective, but wasn't popular. And you also had Bernie to deal with. And you were dealing with the powerhouse of Ferrari. Not the Ferrari we've got now, because they're still a powerhouse, but Jean Todd run Ferrari were the bee's knees, as it were. They were the most political team. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. 
Oh my god! One of the most successful pairings, like one of the most successful groups in Formula One history, one of the most dominating, and the most—you come up with the most British phrase of all time. This could be anything else. This team that won millions of dollars, this this team that won the championship halfway through the season, they're the bee's knees. You know what else is the bee's knees? <laughs> Bloody coronation chicken I had for dinner this evening. Jesus <laughs> Christ. All right, I'll put it this way. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, but phrasing, <laughs> man. All right. They you were unstoppable. The... They... I think, I yes. think Americans call it that thing came out right. We can edit this out. Thank you, Pedro. Thank you for editing out that. This is staying the hell in. I can. I didn't say I will. <laughs> My point is, there is no team that has that much political power on its own at the moment. Not even Mercedes or Red Bull have it. And it's... Yeah. Ooh, not, at this point, the, the power... The, the power, there is... No one knows where the power resides yet. Because is it F1? Is it, is it Liberty Media F1? Is it the FIA? Is it the teams? Is it the drivers? That there is, there is a power vacuum here. And whoever gets into it will define the next five, ten years. Hmm. I, I can see, and this is a, a legitimate thought, I can see Hamilton, at, I don't know about Pierre, six, uh, Pierre what's his number, 63? Oh, George Russell. Yeah, public relations. PR63. I don't know if you're 63, but I can see Lewis Hamilton, especially right now with a car that just doesn't seem to work quite right, just not racing on Sunday. If there is it, a race. It would be a hell of a message, and I would applaud him for doing it. But the issue is, and you, you kind of actually touched on it yourself, if Hamilton does pull out of this race, the question's immediately going to be drawn. Oh, he's only doing this if he's not got a particularly good car. He just wants to you know, get a bit of media attention. Which, of course, I'm sure if he does do this, that wouldn't be the intention at all. But that message itself would already be slightly tarnished from, let's face it, an already toxic social media website in the first place. Um, something like that, I feel, unfortunately, while it would do a... While it would send an interesting message, while it would send a powerful message, unfortunately, that message would get entirely misinterpreted. I... I still got to disagree because there, there has been a precedent of not him, you know, not him not racing in, in Saudi Arabia. But as you may remember, there have been, you know, certain, um, what's the name for that? Nonprofit organizations actually approach Hamilton to not race in the first ever race at Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Well, I think the thing is, as well, I think the main, main thing to take from it, obviously, we are all coming from a standpoint where we spend a lot of time like, get, looking up motor racing information on Twitter. That would make significant headlines. Lewis Hamilton pulls out of Saudi Arabian Grand Prix because of um, the, all the troubles and such. That would be headline news for a significant amount of time. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be long forgotten. And granted, what some people on Twitter might say, I think actually overall for the, the overall fan base, worldwide fan base of Formula One, that message would probably hit out more. Yeah, but there, there is a. It would if he were to not. If he were to pull out, then it would need to be made clear as to why. Yeah. Because if you quote human rights, you suddenly take out most of the calendar. Because you can't go to, to Qatar. You can't go to China. You can arguably not go to the USA, and it's. 
you you're on a slippery slope if you get it wrong. Yeah. In in the way in which you um boycott the race. I think if he were to say it was I feel in danger because there's missiles landing everywhere, fine. Keep it at that. Don't say any more. But the problem is everyone will start going, well, if if it's just missiles that need to get you, what happens if another country starts getting bombed? And it's it's yeah, it's an is it invidious the word is that the word maybe it's it's not a good place to be because whatever decision you make will have consequences that will not go away Mm. and uh, racing on feels like the simplest one at this time on the basis that i don't know the security measures the saudis have i don't know if the racetrack's being targeted or just because Aramco had a fueling station nearby. That's just coincidence. I'm not sure. It, they may have intelligence to suggest it is, in which case you can see why the team bosses were unanimous in there. We'll keep going. But, yeah, it's... I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what else to say at this point. It's, just... it's one of those things, yet again, as we were saying last week with the actual results of the um, first Grand Prix, it's one of those things we just don't really know what it's going to be like until Sunday, until after Sunday, until the teams yeah. leave. You know, it's, it's one of those great unknowns, which is, well, I should probably move this podcast to a Monday. <laughs> I think we should do two podcasts. I agree. <laughs> one for every day of the week in the end. <laughs> do it. <laughs> if the one thing I do have to say, no, I won't do that. It will kill me. <laughs> no. No. Um, one thing I, I, I do have to say, and, and, and it really um, catches my attention, I hadn't heard anything from Fernando Alonso. I think he is going to be saving his powder for the right time. Mm. Because Mr. Alonso is very, as well as blocking certain Spanish um, TV stations. Old TV companies, yeah. Yeah, that was quite funny. He will probably be one of the loudest voices in the room, but will be the quietest in front of the camera. Yeah, I would be. Because he's probably going to want to make his point known, but he's probably quite sensible in, th- in, yeah, don't bring out, don't bring your dirty laundry, whatever that might be, into the public domain. And he'll just, he'll have his spiel say what he says, and we'll go from there. It will be interesting to see who comes out talking for the drivers as well, because mm. it probably will be PR63. Yeah, he had a recent position on um, the, oh, what was it? Uh, GD, GDP, yeah, not GDPR. It. Grand Prix drivers. GDPA, that's the one. GDPA. He's, um, he's, he's director in it. He's director yeah, of it, it so he's going to be the mouthpiece anyway, so he's probably the one they'll all flock behind as the leader but it will be hmm. that's assuming they're all on the same page yes well yeah it's, 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 to be a fly on the wall in that room right now would be fascinating yeah yeah that'd be great fun hmm. um was it uh yeah i was gonna ask you what tv station did he block it was a spanish one and i can't remember what it was called well, the thing that they figured out heard of they figured out on live TV, they're doing a Zoom call with someone and they're like, hey, Fernando Alonso follows, follows us, doesn't he? And I was like, 
uh, the other the other person they're talking to is like, uh, I don't think he does. And then there's like this whole is is this? It was so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. No, maybe he fell asleep and it's an accident. <laughs> it was. I don't know. I I don't know if it was a skit or not. I don't know whether it was that it was genuine or if it was a of a a mic take. Oh oh oh, oh oh okay. Just Google it. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine it being, and I can imagine it being something in a sketch show. It could be something like that, but no, it no, looked it's, real. It, it's not. He blocked a TV show. It's it's actually a, it, it's a football show. They, they, oh, they don't really talk about about uh, motorsports. Um, but it's a football show that it's it's deliberately made to talk about the stupidest things and try to make entire discussions shows you know punditry shows about okay. just plain stupid shit and they sell it like real and many people buy it as real such as uh. such as um let's say um real madrid's locker room is broken because uh garrett bale is wearing a black headband instead of wearing a white headband like he usually does <laughs> that, that sort of stuff yeah yeah <laughs> As soon as that name popped up in my screen, I it, it made complete sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was quite um, funny. <laughs> yes, you got because um, uh, if if you look, there are certain drivers. So Fernando and Alonso and Vettel would be the two that I would suggest that will go into the FIA at some point because they both appear to have that inkling too. I don't think the other drivers do. So you would expect Alonso and Vettel to be rather measured in the way they their, their statements will be. Um, you would expect Verstappen to be just whatever he comes out with, he'll come out with. Yep. And you'll probably find that most people, most of them are in the middle, probably disagreeing with each other, but they'll they won't necessarily be pushing their agenda. It'll only be those on the extremes, and there may be one or two, but I can't imagine there's ten drivers doing one thing and ten drivers doing another, in the totally yeah. opposite ends. So there will be some sort of agreement between the drivers. It's just gonna be how they deal with it. My apologies for the uh, my apologies for the slight technical interference you may be listening to, viewers. Uh, one of our podcast hosts is currently talking, uh, is having a few issues with his setup. I believe the issue is determined as a small four-legged fairy beast with a rather large tail. It's got a rather large tail and a very tiny brain. <laughs> but what about the cat? It's even <laughs> tinier. <laughs> hey, hang on. How am I a fairy beast? There's no hair up here, you fool. <laughs> Oh no, hoist by my own petard. <laughs> I never thought they could backfire on someone. Never. Oh, right. Should we, yeah. should, we, should, we, should we move on to a slightly different topic and talk about the uh, racing we watched this week? I, um, I guess so, yeah. Um, actually, I completely forgot to mention uh, that the track, uh, the Jetta track, is actually wider. Yes, it is. Yes, um, after <clears throat> Verstappen's pretty crucial mistake last year, they made it a bit wider, and as seen by the three red flags in the Formula Two qualifying, it's working. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I 
There, there were there. Uh, did you guys catch the Formula Two qualifying today, uh, Pedro? I, I assume you were at work, so probably not. Yeah, I knew about them, but I hadn't seen any of them. Hmm. Alex, yourself? I was also at work. Uh, I have just looked um, on Twitter quickly, and apparently, now this is according to Scott Mitchell of the Race, formerly of Autosport. Um, Domenicali and um, Braun have left. Just the drivers are left in the room. Oh, that's so, that's so they've made their point. They've made whatever information they have clear, and it is now for the drivers to decide. Uh, so Ross Braun and Stefano Domenicali have left, leaving the drivers on their own. So what that means, I'm not too sure, but we'll see what happens. That seems like an action that has pretty big consequences. So we'll be intrigued to see where that goes. I feel like when we go to sleep tonight, we're going to wake up to some pretty breaking news. So update, as we are doing this, what we are recording this podcast, as all the, uh, as everything's going down in Jeddah, it's... Breaking news! Yes. Uh, so <laughs> so um, <laughs> we've just, uh, as we've said before, Domenicali and um, Ross Braun have left. And now the team bosses are getting involved. There is now a picture also from Scott Mitchell, with Christian Horner walking into the room where the drivers are. This kite, th- this is an odd one now. It's like the team bosses and the actual bosses of F1 have got themselves a plan. They've got an idea of what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. It's going to happen. It's all safe. And all the drivers have gone, nah. As is their right. And uh, to be honest, I would probably be on their side. But I think it's going to be a very interesting standoff now. And this is now going to become drivers versus everyone else. And that is going to be problematic. Whilst for this event, it's there is a bubble and it is just whatever happens in this next few days happens in the next few days. It's after that. And it's just going to... this. If there is some bad blood between them, this could end up being quite a horrible year politically. I say the um the, the the ramifications of this could run very deep. Oh yes, and it it's not going to run away quick. It's going to be if it is getting particularly numbed, proposed, and everyone else is saying do it, then it's gonna. Yeah, I'm trying to we, look we, at it from a fan's perspective, and to be honest, I'm not I'm not really sure why I'm doing it. I I, I really don't do that anymore. Ninety percent of the time. Um, but it, it's it's such a shame because we were coming from a season that had this car that was supposed to change the way we race and everything was going to be pretty and Australia was coming back, you know, and, and now we have this. This is the kind of curveball that F1 has let itself in for because you know, yeah. the, the wider question of should you race in Saudi Arabia comes up again, this time for slightly different reasons, but it's still... The same threats were there for the Formula E a couple of years. Uh, was it last year, 2021? They stopped a missile attack then during that weekend. So it's not the first time it's happened at an FIA-sanctioned event. And just as another update, Andrew Benson has just tweeted. Um, so it's it's not just Horner. It's the big guns. You've got Toto Wolf, Fred Vasseur, Zach Brown and Andres Seidel have all joined him. And that's, yeah, that's quite a quintet to suddenly just walk in and go, hang on, what's going on here? And it's- You've got, you got to imagine as well, quite a few of those people are going to be siding with the drivers. I mean, people, if you consider Fred Vizier, Zach Brown, Zach Toto Brown. Wolf, to, 
Yeah. Well, no, but because we've had the unanimous decision from the team bosses saying to carry on with the weekend. But as as you said with the drivers, yes, you can present a unanimous decision. Yeah, you can sell it like that, but it doesn't mean yeah. everyone said yes. Well, it, well, the way Tojo Wolf suggests, it suggests that the team bosses have all gone, yeah, we'll carry on. And it's the drivers themselves that are changing. It's the drivers themselves that have a different opi- opinion on it. So it's, yeah, I'm, I can only assume that the five of them have gone in to, go, to change the minds or alleviate any security concerns. Because you would have expected whatever the team bosses have been told, the drivers have been told. And if they've all had the same information, why have 10 team bosses gone with one decision? Admittedly, we don't know how many drivers have gone with another, but let's assume that's half. Go with a 50-50 split for fairness at this point. So that would mean you've probably got 10 drivers at four and 10 drivers are against it. So what information do those 10 drivers want to carry on? And if they haven't been given the same information as the team bosses, why not? Because <laughs> mm. I know the team bosses are in charge of the of the team, so it's all the responsibility lies in them. But you'd have thought that if there's rather important information that needs to be relayed, they'd do it. Not just to the drivers, but to the crew members. It's it's getting bizarre now. This is this is yeah, I mean, this is more things this could be. This could be one of those very big moments that we talk about for quite a long time in the future of Formula One. Yeah, so in the last so in the last four months we've had Abu Dhabi, a new set of rules, and this. Alec doesn't like it, but it's gonna be it's it's gonna go at least in the last 20 or so years, it's gonna go in the same bin as the 20 uh, the 2006 US Grand Prix. 2005. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 on that level. It's up there with the eighty-two Southern Grand Prix. It's yeah. 05. It's gonna be twenty eleven Bahrain, albeit slightly different circumstances. It was cancelled before anyone got there. Australia twenty twenty. It's it's in that infamous bit, which it should be and should always be remembered as such, because you learn from these things. I know that. There are a lot of people doing a direct comparison between Australia 2020 and this. That is somewhat yeah. unfair. Yeah. It's, yeah, because you, in one case, you're dealing with something you have no control over, i.e., a virus. But whilst you don't necessarily have the control over the Houthis, who are the alleged perpetrators of this missile attack earlier, you're dealing with a human, there's a communication. So it, it's an immediate, it's a different situation. And it's, you can plan ahead for missiles. Actually, you can't plan ahead for a pandemic suddenly appearing and people getting ill. So whilst... Yeah, this, could, both, this, this, could have been, this could have been prevented by the event not going on in the first place. Yes, not going to a country that has been basically at war for the last eight, eight years? No, seven, eight years. I think it was 2015 they went in. Actually, no, I, was, I, I can't remember the ins and outs of it, but my recollection is that the Houthis toppled the original government in Yemen, whose um, president asked for help from Saudi Arabia, hence why Saudis are in it, and we are where we are now, I think. It's a very, very complicated situation. I'm not 100% read up on it. <laughs> so I think 
it's that sort of thing. I believe that's what happened. But yeah, mm. it's it's a diff it's a different situation, and yeah, whilst it deserves to be in the category of infamous, a direct comparison is unfair. Interesting. Now, can, an argument. Can we go to the other side of the world? On my side of the world, until something else comes up uh, with the meeting. Are you thinking of something that is well uh, round and has lots of racing cars going around it? <laughs> yes, definitely. Has a bit of banking with uh, a few crashes. Yeah, a, a bit because it's it's Texas, you know, it's, it's not the highest thing in the world, but yeah. Work for Carl Kirkwood on that restart. <laughs> <laughs> It's the place was... you want to come back to. I don't know why. Well, so we're, we're just just to clarify, we are talking about the most recent IndyCar race, right? Yes. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Mm. And the race that almost saw Jimmy Johnson get a phenomenal top five result. <laughs> My excitement was through the roof. I, I think um... I texted you guys, didn't I? Uh, I saw it. I I think there were texts. I'm not sure. I saw a lot of tweets. <laughs> yes, yes, I was going mad for Jimmy. So it's, obviously, the race itself was quite um, incident-filled, for want of a better phrase. Uh, we saw quite a few major major players taken out by quite a few different um, incidents. Um, but it must be said, Jimmy's performance in that race. Uh, obviously, we we'll talk about obviously the the top two. Um, but Jimmy's performance, having. We've we've I think we called it a labor of love before his uh, tenure in IndyCar. He's obviously doing it because he loves the, he loves the sport. He wants to be a part of it. To see him getting a result like that at possibly a track where we would have expected him to get a good result as a NASCAR fan, Pedro, how does that how does that sit for you? Was this like long awaited? Should it like how does it sit with you? As a fan, yes, it was lovely. That's, <laughs> there that's we go. Cool. That's that's a guy that that tried everything. I mean, you can blame Jimmy for a bunch of things but not for lack of trying. Mm. And this is a guy that ever since he stepped out of a NASCAR, out of a stock car, he tried everything everywhere. We saw, it up, we saw him at Daytona. He tried stuff at Le Mans as well. Um, and obviously with IndyCar, right? So this is finally every single effort he's put in paying off some way. I, I won't say it fully pays off, not until he wins a race at, 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 at Indy. But you know this is part of it, right? It's it's um, his work is is showing off, I guess. Results. Yeah. And to, to be fair, of all of all the sort of tracks where you'd expect him to get a result, a, a good result, how highly would you have put Texas down as one of those? Not that high, because he was good at Texas, but he has been better at other tracks. Like I would expect him to do better at. Um, well, he's not on the con yet, right? But if Vegas were in the con there, I would expect him to dominate over there. Hmm. Almost an instrument. I would expect him, and I say would, I guess I would say will, because it's going to happen anyways, to do well at Indi uh, uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. That'd be, that, so obviously, so you're saying for the next big Jimmy Johnson event, we should look to uh, the Indy 500. Yeah, for a result, if, if you wanna if you wanna count a big event as a result like in Texas, yes, Indy. He won five okay. Indy, he won five Indy for uh four hundred. So there's no reason for me to believe that he won't do well. I can see him winning it to be honest. Yeah, me too. 
the way he races, which is just let everyone else crash and I'll come through at the end, which, which you can't NASCAR, have to do in a 500 NASCAR mile. Nutshell. Yeah, I think he's going to, as long as he doesn't dump it in a wall, I think he's in with a good shout of a race win because he wasn't slow over the weekend. No. So he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's on the pace as such, but he's close enough to it that he's going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, what did you guys think of that finish? Because my word, that was oh, outstanding. Last lap. <laughs> for those who didn't see, yes. For those who for those who weren't listening, uh, Scott McLaughlin led a I think three quarters of the race overall. Um, had a ridiculously good race and. Similar to the Indy 500 last year, where all of a sudden there's one lap to go and there's a huge ton of traffic. This time it caught uh, McLaughlin out. And behind him uh, was Joseph Newgarden, who's won several oval events, I believe. I think he's quite successful on those sorts of tracks. Chasing him down. Of course, McLaughlin, this would have been two race wins in a row, which would have been unprecedented considering he hadn't won one before this weekend. And it came down to what could almost be described as a photo finish. Um, uh, McLaughlin was slightly impeded by one of the cars in front coming around the last corner. And around the outside, Joseph Newgarden did an amazing move and they crossed the line with what? 0.006 between them, I think. It was something insane. It was one of those those finishes where as someone who didn't get into oval racing for a significant amount of time, that's the sort of thing you watch it for. When you suddenly realise that over racing has, a, has an incredible, like, uh, when, it, when you realise it's an incredible category and you see finishes like that, it, it justifies every opinion you have about it. I mean, that was phenomenal. It's one of the best finishes I've seen on an oval track. And that, Mr. Roger Pensky, I'm pretty sure you're not listening to, but the, those few phrases that, that, you know, that Chris just said, it is basically why... Texas not only has to stay in the calendar, but you also need to put more ovals in there. Because that's mm. the sort of thing you only get with ovals. And I get it, there's yeah. a lot of cars. It's a little bit more exciting than F1 because there's more passes and everything. But you just can't have only road courses. It... Bring back Pocono. Yes. Well, sure, yeah, bring back Pocono. With, with aeroscreens on, I was going to say yeah. bring back... Yeah, I was going to say bring back Michigan, but that's maybe a bit more of a risk. <laughs> Before you get error screens on now. Oh, that's true. You could. Oh, I can imagine if they had Pocono and Michigan in the same calendar. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But uh, IndyCar's main concern has always been debris because everything yeah. else is covered by the American ovals and the safety in the car itself, which is built, you know, to take on ovals, right? So with air screens on, hell, go to Daytona. Oh, oh, they they have had an IndyCar race at Daytona, haven't they? Just once. Yeah, like the sixties or something, wasn't it? Oh no! Well, IndyCar as IndyCar, yes, they had one in two thousand five. Oh. Oh, okay, was that IndyCar? Oh yeah, that would have been IndyCar rather than um, Champ Car, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. that confusing. Where you've got IndyCar and then you've got Champ Car, which is also IndyCar. Then you've got Kart, which is also technically IndyCar. Yeah, it's a, then you've got IRL. Then you're all going, "What is this?" <laughs> it makes for an interesting Wikipedia read when you're trying to research the damn subject. It is horrific. <laughs> There's a really good book about it, um, the Indy Split. I don't, I don't even yes, get it over there, but it, it's 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 really good. Hmm. Uh, so we've. 
briefly covered the IndyCar. Should we quickly cover the season opening Formula One race? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, dear. That can't be good. <laughs> well, it's better than Saudi. <laughs> yes. And then, to be fair, actually, so... First things first. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking over as host here. I'm sorry, Pedro. This is this is the last question I ask. I promise. Oh, go, go on. Um, first of all, let's go into it. What was your rating of the race? What did you guys think out of, of that? Race? Out of t- out of ten as a Formula One race, what did you think of it? No, 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 no. If you're gonna take over, you're oh. gonna take over the way we used to do it. Okay. Five stars. Five stars. My apologies. Five stars with decimals included. Five stars with decimals included. How would you rate that race? Mm. That's actually quite difficult because the first pit up to the first pit stop was interesting. Then you had that battle with Verstappen and Leclerc. Verstappen! Verstappen. Verklerken. And then nothing happened. Yes. Nothing happened. For most of the race, it was just because Gasly's fire, the car decided it wanted a bonfire, and Verstappen decided, oh, Red Bull decided he needed new tyres, and we're going to drop the car quickly and break your steering rod. Fooled. Yeah. And then Verstappen did the stupidest move I think I've seen from someone under a safety car for a while, which is going into the final corner where the leader's about to accelerate away and giving himself a tighter turn, the fool. Yeah. I think I saw that and I was like, he's doing Abu Dhabi again, but in a completely ridiculous scenario. uh, If I recall, that shot was on board and we're like, oh, he's going to dive back in. He's going to dive back. The clerk's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. And then you look and they pan to the camera that's on the main street. You can't see Sykes because he's so far up with Stefan's ass. You you can't actually see him. It's like, oh, and now signs like it. I was like, yeah, no fucking surprise. Yeah, shock. <laughs> there was a present, basically. That yeah. was, oh, I'd probably give it, oh, and, oh, oh I'm just trying to find, what are we defining five? What um, was the last time an absolute banger happened? What was the last time? Hungry, Hungry 2014. But we, gave, we gave up five last, <laughs> last season, didn't we? Uh, I just can't remember which race. Was it Monza? No, because Monza, Monza was a great result, but not necessarily the best race. Same for Hungary last year. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, we did give a five. What was it? I think I think the the, the last race that comes to mind as a clear cut five. Jeez, I, hmm. Yeah, All right. If, if this is basically an answer I was looking for. So I'm then therefore going to give the Bahrain Grand Prix 2022 2.75. Really? That low? Because wow. it was mainly crap. Wow. It's more than half. It's more than half. It's about 60%, 55-60%. But most of the race, nothing happened. Honestly, I expected a three. And it's it's not that much of a difference, right? But the way you said it, it sounds like a shit. Yeah, I, I'm being a little bit pedantic, I will say, with the 0.75. But if we can't if we can't think when last time a five was, it can't be a four because four's got to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the problem was, it wasn't a pretty good race. There are moments. I've got a last time there was a definite five. 
Silverstone 2019. That was a five-star race because everything happened all the time. That's you might be right there on that one. Anyway, yeah, before, we, before, we, yeah. before we get too nostalgic and start thinking about it, let's let's focus on let's focus on the yeah. most recent. Two point seven five for me. What about you, Pedro? A three. A solid three. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, for me, I'd, I'd I'd say slightly higher than a three. Three point two. I'd I'd say. I mean, I left the race. I I went into the race with very high expectations. I left with those expectations satisfied. Um, the racing up until, as you said, the first pit stop and then racing after the first pit stop was fantastic. And I feel like we are slightly somewhat forgetting the incredibly dull domination races of 2017. If you put this race in there at that point, even with Mercedes taking the role of Ferrari, it still would have been, I still think it came across quite well. Uh, Leclerc's, uh, sorry, Leclerc's defending and attacking was the bee's knees. Um, and to be fair, why Verstappen didn't use more intelligence there, I'm not sure. Because I, I after, yeah. after the second attempt, <clears throat> I was like, okay, <clears throat> this isn't working. Let's try it out of turn four. Uh, but no, let's lock up into turn one instead. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, obviously, it had the feel-good factor of uh, Ferrari getting the one-two. Uh, we had some interesting battles up and down the grid. There were consistent overtakes happening. I mean, I feel like the new regulations have kind of proved their point with this race. Whether it will on, the, on other tracks is yet to be seen. And we had that dramatic finish. Yes, obviously, it could be said um, Gasly's uh, car exploding and then the chaos of the other two cars happening, uh, the two Red Bulls retiring, did add somewhat. But that's motor racing. That's part of it. Um, oh, yeah. As a season opener... Fantastic. Fantastic season opener. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, after waiting 98 days or however long it was for a race, this was superb. And I think to say, yeah, to be fair, to say, obviously, to say some of the actions were taken out of the driver's hands, yes, but that's hand in hand with what Formula One is. Um, I don't think it should detract from the overall point. I think actually in some in some instances it should make it. This race I was a huge fan of. I'm still buzzing a little bit from how good that race was. I've watched the highlights quite a few times, you know, the YouTube highlights, just flicking through it. And yeah, uh, granted, I wish this happened at Melbourne because I'm an old fogey and I love, you know, all of that jazz. But yeah, I think I don't think I don't think anyone can complain that this race is what I'm gonna say. I think for a season opener, this was on the mark, on the money for me. I'm happy with it as a season opener, given some of the uselessness that's happened at Albert Park over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's good. But yeah, I was expecting more on the basis that we've got this height new regulation where it's gonna be everyone's driving right behind each other. And then they kind of were, but kind of weren't. Because although Leclerc and Verstappen were close, Sainz and Perez were nowhere. Yeah. In comparison. Oh, that, I, I'd, I'd assume that's down to drivers as opposed to regulation. Yeah, mm. but if your aim if your aim is to bring everyone closer, you may you would expect all the drivers to be closer because we're, we're not talking massive gaps between these drivers. Because whilst clearly Verstappen and Hamilton are ahead, it's not like Leclerc, Sainz, and Perez are just national drivers they're very very good at what they do so you'd expect them to still be in range and they weren't speaking of and i think no no no, you go speaking of regulations uh there's something that's been going around in my head the mercedes mirrors are illegal or at least they should be illegal and they're not 
I can't work out why they would be illegal. Because according to the rules, there should be two supports and they're independent. One should be one should be in the ground, like horizontal, and the other one should be vertical. And Mercedes is uh, um, supports for the mirrors. It's basically just another wing. Ooh, so does that does that wing? So what rule does that wing break? I can't remember the number. Damn it! Don't put me in the spot. It, it's it's an interesting one because if the FI haven't said no to it because they, they had the chance to borrow it and then they, they allowed it and Mercedes came up with the concept and had and can justify it not being illegal I can I'm, yeah that rule needs clearing up mm. by the sounds of it because so everyone's going to do what my Merck have done now I'd have thought so I guess I, I got homework for next six episodes uh, <laughs> I, I just made me look for the number. Mm. That being said, how do we feel about the podium? How do we feel about the top three? Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Mm. yeah I, I, Verstappen should have been on the podium on the basis he was clearly the second fastest guy out there. But as you said earlier, that's motor racing. doesn't always go your way. But it wasn't like Hamilton didn't earn it. He was... Probably going to have a go at Perez before Perez was tight. Um, engine side, it went nah. You got to assume he would have and taken a lunge. Before I think it, there, there was going to be an attempt. Yeah, because that that Mercedes looks good under the under under braking during the race. It was properly good. He was catching right up to the back of Perez every time. But yeah, it's. I'm happy with the podium. It's deserved by all of them. Bit lucky for Mercedes with both Red Bulls going out, but bizarrely though, as someone who was willing Verstappen to win last season, when I saw him talk pull to the side, there may have been a very sort of like yes, <laughs> just for signs to get past. I don't know why. I think the the thing the thing is last year I wanted basically anybody but Hamilton to win, which I, I know is a terrible thing to say because Hamilton is a fantastic motor racer, one of the best of all time, all that jazz. I just wanted a little bit of difference. Um, to see that happen and see for I get that one two in sign, I I would have loved science to get that overtake anyway. But to have it confirmed by that, it's childish, it's petty, but I was so happy to see it because it's been so long since Ferrari have been up there. Um, I think Red Bull may in a few situations have the stronger car. So as the season goes, for them to have a bit of an uphill struggle now, especially if their car development is as as it usually goes. This could be a very interesting start to the championship. I mean, Ferrari have got a 44-point lead now because they picked up the fastest lap too. Now to have Red Bull with maybe a stronger car and that uphill battle. Granted, the constructors might be out of touch already just based on that, but the interrupt they're like when it came down to Leclerc and uh, Verstappen fighting for um, pole position, that was fantastic. That's what we want to see. When we saw them battling together, that's what we want to see. We just want to see one of those or two of those Mercedes just behind them or in the battle too. That'll be the one thing that makes it all perfect. Well, Perez there too, obviously. And signs. And, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise if we come back into Europe, so it's similar, isn't it? And Mercedes are on the pace. Mm. Because clearly their, con their concept isn't bad because clearly the car's working quite well. It's not as well as the Ferrari Red Bull, but it's clearly working quite well. So well, once they, they sort of find it, they, mm, they, they could be in for quite a lot of race wins this year. 
they've said they've highlighted the issue. They found out what the issue is already, right? Oh, yeah, it's going to be porpoising. It's just trying to make sure it doesn't porpoise down the straight. Because if Aston, was it Aston Martin? Maybe McLaren. One of them were losing three quarters of a second just because under brakes because of the porpoising. Oh, just just so, quickly, should we, just quickly. Um, I remember last week we had the worst performing, the worst downgrade uh, thing. I want to change my answer to McLaren. You can that. Ah, damn it. Um, well, in that case, I'll stick with Mercedes because finishing potentially fifth and sixth until the Mercedes and Ferraris uh, failed, uh, Red Bull's failed wasn't great. But my God, the McLarens, what happened? What on earth happened? Uh, yeah, I'm going really fast. Oh, I can't stop, basically. Yeah. Can't turn, um, can't stop. Shush, I... I wasn't. I after the after the some of the testing calamities. I wasn't expecting miracles, but I wasn't expecting legitimately nineteenth and seventeenth after the first round of pit stops. My God! Yeah, kind of assumed they'd be fighting for points. At least, at least fighting for points. I mean, my God! It, it's, I, one race, it's one race. I don't want to go back to thinking this is Honda twenty sixteen again. I'm hoping I get. <laughs> that's the thing though it's, it's, it, you're absolutely right it's the first race of the season There's, we should not look into it too deeply but it doesn't like it doesn't it, they don't look like they've got any strengths on the car whatsoever it stinks it, it hurts to see yeah absolutely it's very painful after last year seeing that win seeing that one two and being like okay this is back this is what the five years have been for to suddenly take so many steps back is painful because, like, it's it's McLaren. You don't hate McLaren. I mean, Williams. Let's like, let's face it. Williams haven't exactly improved, but it's not like they've changed their position massively. Yeah, McLaren. Yeah. This is a huge downgrade. I mean, they were fighting with Ferrari for the majority of last season. They beat them two years ago, and now all of a sudden they'll be fighting next to the Alfa Romeo. No, not even the Alfa Romeos. Superb performance both of those cars. I'll concede to you there, Alex. But yeah. not even a Haas. They're fighting Haas. Yeah, exactly. I told you, Bottas is going to be on it. He, he's going to be, and he already is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's that's a bit more than just, oh, this track didn't suit us. There's some significant issues there. And has to um, get a podium. Guys, we have five minutes left. NASCAR is going back to my favorite place in the world, Circuit of the Americas. Yes. And oh, um, oh, we have oh, to oh. give predictions, right? Should we give predictions even? I think we can give predictions on the basis we've been told by the head honchos, the big cheeses, that the... Um... Hey, as long yeah. as you don't say the bees knees again. Sorry. No, that was technically a reference. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I won't bring it up now. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it's from Airplane 2. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, and uh, as the, the race is going ahead, I think we can justify we give some predictions. Yes. All right. Who starts? Chris. Oh, Alex. oh, okay. I'll go for it. Um, I think this will be a second win in a row for Leclerc. I think Bishop is going to come back and get a second. I think Signs will do better, but won't quite get third. I think this will be the result we were expecting last weekend, this weekend. Um, Mercedes will finish a solid fifth and sixth. Uh, I think Perez, who looked pretty decent, will finish fourth. Um Magnussen possibly for points. I think Bottas for points. I don't think there'll be any. I, don't, I think this will be kind of a standard running affair, what we could have expected, I feel. Uh, the 
Poss a surprise point finish, possibly Schumacher. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with absolute bap crazy because there's no visibility because the tyres are higher and there's a little thick winglet thingy on the top. So it's people are going to be crashing everywhere, I think. And therefore, we're going to. I think Leclerc's going to win because he's already done his crash as we speak. He's already hit the inside of turn four. Yes. I think yes. Magnussen gets second. And I think it'll be what? Russell. Russell that gets third. I told you, mad race. I think this is going to be completely nuts. You know, okay, fair. Yeah. But if, if Olivier Panis can win, if, if, if Olivier Panis can win, can win a race, Magnussen can get a podium and a half. I, exactly. I, I, I stand with you. Uh, fair play. Yeah, I don't. I think they'll. Mm, I don't think science will finish the race. I'm not convinced either Red Bull will, and I'm not entirely convinced either Alvatari will either. Because I think that engine's got a problem. Red Bull powertrain not looking good. No, whilst the Mercedes is a bit slow, it's looking reliable. So I, I can I can see all four of the Red Bull powertrain teams failing to finish. So now I go to close the show, right? Yeah. Science wins. Leclerc does not finish the race. Ooh. Um. I can, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, what the hell? Give it now. No, no, no. So, science wins, right? Yep. Hamilton comes third. The clerk doesn't finish the race. Gasly, assuming his engine does not blow up, comes in second. Oh, okay. And the Mexican Minister of Defense blows up his engine. <laughs> Mexican Ministry of Defense, love it. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay. So, yeah. quite a wide array there. And I feel like we covered all bases. Yeah. Bizarrely, I'm, bizarrely, I'm the one that makes the sensible. I, I say sensible. It's my most stupid prediction I've ever made. It's, uh, bizarrely, yeah, I think it makes sense. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see, guys? I hear the track. There you go. Can you feel it? <laughs> I'll tell you what, this was a this was a, a ridiculously different podcast to what we used to. This was fascinating. Yeah. Was it wrong? Well, this time, well, depending on what next time we do one, are we going to do one next Friday? We should, yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, it's, yeah, it's that's right. Yeah, maybe, yeah. At this point, I will probably still, I'll be about one hour away from landing in America. Oh, yeah, that's right. One thing before we oh, go out. Me and Pedro are doing one then. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much for subscribing, and we'll see you next week.